Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for tuning in. My name is Jesse Lee Peterson, and I am rebuilding the family by rebuilding the man. I primarily focus on the black man, even though we're dealing with all men. Today we're talking uh, with Pastor T. Derbert Robertson, and he is a pastor of Kingdom Builders Christian Fellowship in South Central Los Angeles. I appreciate you coming on. Thank you. Yeah, I do. Thank you for that. I know you have a book out, and we're going to talk about that yes. because your book is about salvation. Yes. And I really want to get an understanding about salvation. But first, I want to know a little bit, a little bit about you. Um, how long have you been a pastor? Well, I'm going into my uh, seventh year of pastoring uh, as we speak right now. And uh, it's been a long journey, but very beneficial and rewarding. What, what made you decide to become a pastor? Well, um... I've been in church all my life, first of all, and after working in the church so much, uh, the calling of God was on my life, and uh, working in leadership capacities, I just knew that there was more for my life than what I was doing, and so I just took a chance on it and stepped out and did it. And so uh, God called you to be a pastor? Yes. He called you. And how do you know for sure that he called you? And the reason I ask because I've noticed that most black preachers, not all, of course, but most black preachers are not called by God, mm. but by their mama. You know? <laughs> <laughs> you <know>? Well, <laughs> you know how black women, uh, you know, when you're a little kid and you say something kind of smart, they all want to be evangelists anyway. Mm -hmm. Boy, one day you're going to be a preacher. Well, and so black men tend to grow up and become preachers. Uh, how do you know for sure that you were called? Well, first of all, um, more than anything, I have a very close relationship with God. And in doing so, um, I literally feel in my spirit that, you know, I heard the voice of God saying that this is what I was supposed to be doing uh, as my life's passion. And I'm really into making sure that uh, you're walking in purpose. And so I wanted to, uh, it was my intention to be a baseball player professionally or either football. Well, between growth stunts and just the competitive nature of the sport, uh, those were X'd out. And so I really began to pray as a young man, you know, God, what do you want me to do? And in doing so, I mean, I didn't just start out as a pastor, but there was a, mm -hmm. a process that I went through serving as uh, just a leader in our church, a part of the laity, then becoming a deacon, then a minister. And then after uh, serving for about seven years as a minister, I began pastoring. Uh, was it hard growing up in the church like that? Your father was a minister? Uh, my father was a deacon. Was a deacon. Yeah. And so was it hard growing up in the church with that kind of pressure on you all of your life? Um, it wasn't. It, it was a little challenging because, you know, my parents were very strict as it related to uh, our responsibilities and the things that we did in church. But growing up, uh, every, all of my friends knew that I had church responsibilities. Mm -hmm. So there were certain things that I could do and certain things that I could not do. Oh, okay. Yeah. Are you born again? Oh, definitely. You are born again. And yeah. what does that mean? To be Your book is about understanding salvation. Yes. Uh, what does it mean to be born again? Well, as a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ when you're born again we uh, we have a say we have a saying inside of the body of Christ inside of uh, uh, the church that we're twice born and to be born again simply says that uh, there was the Lord has delivered you from a past lifestyle 
uh, in which the person that you used to be is literally dead or in the process of dying. Therefore, does it mean that uh, you you're born from sin? Well, I I don't certain sects and religions want to say that you're born from sin. Sin is like this. Every day of your life, you're going to sin. But here's the difference. Jesus makes the difference that causes you to try your best to strive to live a sin-free life. So Jesus or God does want you to live a sin-free life. Yes. Um, so what are you born from? When you're born again, what are you born from? Well, when you're born again, as I was saying earlier, when you're born again, it is literally saying the old nature that you used to operate in. The sinful nature. The sinful nature. Okay. Uh, no matter what the sin was, not just the popular obvious sins, right. no matter what the sin was, being born again says that old nature is dead and or dying. And so once you're born again from that nature, then you can no longer do that anymore. Well, you can't do it anymore. And this is the thing, and, and we uh, teach this in our church, when the Lord saves you, in the process of being born again. He saves your soul, but your mind is in a continual process of being developed into that reborn or regenerated. That, that's the theological term, the regenerated man. Your mind is constantly being developed toward being a better individual. And so therefore, it's a process involved. There are certain things that you will immediately overcome, but then there are other things that it'll take gradual time for you to get over. So once you are born again, can you still sin? Oh, definitely. You do sin you once do you're born sin. again. Yes. There is a scripture in the Bible, First uh, John. I'm not like one of the Bible thumpers, mm. so forgive mm. me if it's the wrong one. But in First John chapter three, it says that if a man says that he's born again mm -hmm. of God, and he sin, he is a liar, and the truth is not in him, because Christ came that we may not sin once we're born again and if a person sin he's of his father the devil because the devil is of sin so and it says that so if it says that we are a liar if we say we sin once we're born again and we say we have God why do people teach that you can sin once you're born again why is that taught well there's an element inside of, of God that's called grace now Paul says this he says, shall we continue in sin because grace abounds? Grace is, uh, is God forgiving you from the sins that you commit. And some people think that because you've been born again, you can consistently and continually get away with sin. But Paul concludes his message by saying we can't continue in sin just because of grace. He ends the verse by saying God forbid. And so therefore, uh, yeah, and this is the thing within the sin component. Once again, when God saves you, he saves your soul, and your mind is in a continual process of being developed from the man or the woman that you used to be. But if you say that you are a liar if you sin, you're not of him, why, why is it? People say, well, if you continue to sin. It doesn't say if you continue to sin. It says that if you say that you're born again, and you sin, you're a liar, and you're of your father, the devil. Well, and that's why Christ came, so that he can free us from the sin. Now, one of the things you have to understand about this, the scripture that uh, you, you quoted partially is all scripture is written in context 
or it's written to a particular group of people for our modern modern day understanding. Now, for that group of people, um, and and I don't I, I don't have any information before me, but I'm just going to go off the top of my head to say, for that group of people, it could have been that in that day there were false teachings being taught about the issue of sin to the particular group that John writes to in his first epistle. So therefore, they were getting off track, feeling as though that they could live a double standard life. Is sin the nature of God or the nature of the devil? Oh, sin is definitely not the nature of God. Who is it the nature of? Uh, I mean, sin is definitely by far the nature of the devil. And, and so, if you're born again of God's spirit, and his spirit is not of sin, his nature is not of sin, how can you continue to sin? How can you serve two masters? Well, I'm glad you asked that, because David said we were born in sin right. and shaped in iniquity right. from conception. So, upon birth, because of the fall of Adam, because of how right. Adam fell in the garden, of course, upon birth, man his whole nature is sinful right. and he was conceived in sin right born in sin but once christ but came once and christ, turned it around once christ comes into his life yeah. and i don't want to go go too theologically right. deep but uh oftentimes in the scripture and especially in the new testament uh new, considering that the original new testament was written in greek um the the greek language is often written in tenses meaning that and especially when you talk about the present imperative tense. People are saved. They're saved in a sense where you're saved today, but there's an ongoing process that goes on. So can you be saved today and not saved tomorrow? Certain, certain denominations want you to believe that, what but you I, I believe that the saving power of Christ is effective enough to for you to be once saved, always saved, but there is a, another process in which daily you must make a decision to be kept by God in your salvation. When, um, let me ask, do you sin? Oh, of course, I'm you human. Sin. And yes. did you sin today? I'm quite sure I did. What did you do? What did I do? Yeah, uh, what was your sin today? What was my sin today? <laughs> let me see, I was in a meeting and somebody upset me and so I had some, some nice little thoughts that I, I normally would not have been thinking. So you thought uh, uh, hateful thoughts about them? No, not hateful. What kind yes. of thought? What was? <laughs> what were the thoughts that made you sin? I just thought it, uh, the, the conversation was not geared toward the agenda. So, you know, I well, thought a little thought less of them in their conversation. So you judged them? Yeah, that's a good word. You judged them. But as a, as a man of God and you're leading people away from sin, from the devil, how are you able to tell them not to sin when you sin? Very easily, very easily. How's that? All have sinned. Right, but what and we're going Hold on, uh, Romans 3 and 23. Look it up, it'll, it'll bless your life. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Right. There's no way around it. So that, do you tell your people not to sin? Yeah, we tell them, but what, what we more, you can't just say, don't sin. And people say, okay, I'm not gonna sin. We teach practices and principles that will cause you to avoid living a life of sin because sin, the sin itself can become habitual. That's, that's where the problem lies. When it consistently becomes a part of your lifestyle, then it becomes a problem. I, I, I just want to ask one more question about the sin thing, and then I want to move on because of time.
Yes. Um, I, I don't get, and, and you probably can help me understand this, I just don't get it where there's nowhere in the Bible where Christ, and I understand that he was perfect in all his way, yes. but yet he was an example of what we should become. And Christ said to us, to be holy as your Father in heaven is holy. Uh, he says to us, sin is of the devil, because when people sin, they're not happy. You know, they're separated from God. And when you're separated from God through sinning, you're not happy about that. I don't know why, I can't get why preachers are encouraging, and well, maybe I do, it just popped in my mind. I can't get why preachers are encouraging sin. And I guess it's because they are sinning themselves. I, uh, elaborate on when you say encouraging sin. When you say to, uh, like you say, you would say to your folks, uh, well, I don't want you to sin all the time, but just kind of cool it a little bit. Don't no, do it as much. Uh, no, it's not a cool it process <laughs> at all. Uh, oh, okay. You know what? I want, we're going to take a yeah. quick break, and we'll come back and finish up on that and move on. Okay. I appreciate it. We're going to take a break and back in a moment. Jesse Peterson is the founder of Bond, the Brotherhood Organization of a New Destiny. For information, write P.O. Box 35090, Los Angeles, California 90035, or call 1-800-411-BOND. Welcome back to the show. Thank you so much for tuning in. Let me hear from you. We're going to put our uh, uh, website up, email address, and contact information. Uh, so let me hear what you think about these shows. And if you would like to be a guest on the show, please let us know about that. My guest is our Pastor T. Derbert Robertson from Kingdom Builders Christian Fellowship in South Central L.A. I want to just quickly go back to the mm, sin right. thing. Uh, preachers, and I know a lot of black preachers sin. Mm -hmm. They're screwing everybody in the mama, <laughs> you know, they're ripping off the folks, taking the money, uh, just all kind of stuff, homosexuals and everything. Mm -hmm. Are they encouraging that? Be because when you read the Bible, Christ clearly say, don't sin. I came, I sacrificed my life so that you could be born again through him and be free of sin. Well, um, but is it because they're sinning that this is encouraged? Well, Jesse, I, I can't speak for any other preacher, pastor or otherwise. All I can say is within our congregation, in our church, um, we teach that it is necessary, it is, in, it is pertinent to live a sin-free life and to uh, strive to do your best to do so. And that's the bottom line. Uh, 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 I, I may have already asked this, so, so forgive me. What is sin again? Uh, sin is anything that uh, transgresses God's law. Give me an example. Will. Uh, let's see. What's a good example? If God said, "Thou shalt not steal," and you steal, that's sin. Well, I, you know, in reading Genesis, I realized that sin is man or woman playing God. You know how we tend to think that we can solve our own problems. Uh, we judge others and ourselves, mm -hmm. and whenever you're judging yourself or others, or you're making decisions about right and wrong, you're playing God. And, uh, uh, and I think that if people can understand that's what sin is, 
man playing God, I think then they can overcome it and stop doing it. Well, I, I think, uh, you know, in order, and I hear what you're saying, but for me really to grasp that concept, it implies that you know or you have a relationship with God. Yes. You know, and most people, uh, even within the church, there are many folks that if you want to use man playing God as a definition of sin, uh, they don't have a relationship <laughs> enough with God to want to role play as God. Yeah. More than anything, I think it really deals with, um, in most cases, people sin by um, ignorance. They just flat out don't know. Then you have some people who are just, uh, they're taught and instructed better, but they refuse to grab a hold of the teaching. Other than your thoughts, do you sin any other ways? Uh, other than my thoughts, do I sin any other ways? Give me an example. Uh, you said that you do sin, and you gave me an example earlier that uh -huh. you thought negatively of a person at a meeting. Are there other ways that you commit sin? I'll put it like this. <laughs> I do my best to live a sin-free life. But sometimes you do what? Well, you know, come on, Jesse. We on, we, we on TV. I'm not going to tell all my members <laughs> sometimes <laughs> I do this or sometimes I do that. <laughs> Bottom line is we all have sin. <laughs> come short of the glory of God, <laughs> bottom line. Uh, in the black community, black women are taking over. Okay. <laughs> They're dominating the homes, the schools, the playgrounds, and now the churches. And a lot of black women believe that God is calling them to do this stuff. Uh, do you think God called women to be head of churches? Wow, very interesting question. Um, my take on it is simply this. First of all, God can use absolutely anybody. Uh, when you read New Testament, um, one particular scripture comes to mind that there's no Jew nor Greek, there's no male nor female in God. God can use anyone. Uh, can he call a woman to, to head a church? Yes. I mean, yes, God can do whatever he wants. Yes. But do God call women to be preachers? Of course. Wait, why do you say of course? He can do whatever he wants no, to No, he can do what he wants, but does he do that? He, yeah, he does. It. He does. Uh -huh. So you think that God called women to be over men? I don't think it's a, a rank and superiority or class. But if they're the head of the church, they would have to be the head of men. Uh, not necessarily. How can you be the head of the church and not be head of the congregation? Well, if you're the head of the congregation, it's not. I don't think when, and, and unless I'm catching how you're phrasing your question right, I don't think it's an issue of uh, who's first or who's second because of the calling of God on your life. So the head is not first? If you're the head of the church, truthfully, you should be, uh, you should consider yourself last in every way because no, you're but, a servant to the people. But within that church, are you first over the church? I mean, you're, you, are, you have total responsibility for the church, and yes. Are you first, are you head of that church? Uh, explain what you mean when you say head. You don't know what head means? No, to be you, you explain. Are you, the, are you the president of the church? President of the church, pastor of the church? Yes. Yeah, pastor of and the so church. And so being a pastor, aren't you over the congregation? Yeah, so you, are you saying is, okay, I kind of get where you're going now. So you're saying a woman being over a man in a church? Right. And is that of God? Yeah, you might have a woman that's over the choir with a man in the choir. Is that of God? No, but I'm, I'm talking about the pastor thing first. Is that of God to have a woman over men in churches? I mean, 
if God called the woman to be there, then of course it's of God. There's no evidence in the Bible at all where a woman has ever been called to be the head of man. And if you notice, especially in the black community, whenever the woman is in charge, everybody end up screwed up. Well, I really, I can't agree with that because we got, you can't? no, because we got some big mamas, you know, and some muddiers that may be watching that had to be ahead <laughs> of a household. Right, I'm sure they had to, but they still screwed up everything around them. No, not all of them. Okay, let me, so you disagree that whenever a woman is the head of, no, I, I'm of, not of gonna, the family or church, it end up screwed up? No, you, I, you I disagree with that. Okay, yes. do you agree that or disagree that for the last 50 years or so, the black woman has been the head of the family? Um, for the last 50 years, I won't say 50 years, and in all cases, uh, see, and my take is this, I'm not, I can't look at the, the race as a whole because we have split up so, so differently, and when you put the black family and the church together, that's a whole different story. Now I'm trying to just give you an example. Whenever women are in charge of folks, they screw them up. <laughs> so, <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> well, where's the camera? <laughs> Don't y'all come to my church looking for me. He said that. <laughs> Look, but, but for the last 50 years, I, I can't. Exceptions to the rule, of course. Would you agree that the, the black woman has been ahead of the home? Of the family, uh, she has had to play. The black woman has had to play a major role so in heading the house. But I cannot agree that she has messed up the home. No, but you do agree case. that she has been ahead, right? Yeah, in most cases, yes. Okay. Um, do you know that uh, uh, over fifty percent of the jails are populated by black men? Oh, definitely. And do you know that these men are coming from single, single parent home, dysfunctional headed, homes, headed by women? Yes, by women. Um, where do you think that anger came from? The anger comes from and and uh, and if a woman could be in charge, why do we have fifty percent of the boys in jail? Well, I mean, this is the thing. This is the thing. And now we're going back to back to the Bible. When when God created the concept of family, it included a male and a female. And the man should be what of the family? He should be the father and the head of the family. But he should be head of the woman and the children, right? But but here's the thing. Is now, that right or not? Yeah, but let me let me explain the higher the structure of how it's really supposed to work, so we don't get a, a a chauvinistic view. Because sometimes you can put a man in charge, and he can be the biggest fool in the world and mess up everything just as well. Especially if he came from a crazy mother. <laughs> Once again, <laughs> well, this so, is so the order is God in Christ, okay. Christ in man, man over woman, and woman over children. Is that the order? Yeah, it can be that way. I'm yeah. sorry? Let's say it one more time. Cause <laughs> I got to watch you, man. <laughs> the order is God in Christ. God in Christ. Christ in man. Christ in man. Man over woman. Man over woman. And woman over children. Woman over is that children. the spiritual order ordained by God? Now, what is your scriptural backing? Do you have a no, scriptural just, backing for that? Give me a that? yes or no first no. on that. Is no, that do you have a order? Do you have a scriptural backing for that that you're trying you're trying to put in there? Answer the question first, and then I, I, I'll do it because oh, I want to no, get the question answered. The, because see, if is I ask, the I want to hear what your biblical basis is for that. Because but you're the preacher, you're my guest, and you're here to answer well, the question you, for me. You brought up the Bible first. But, but look, here's the thing, though. But, but I don't want to get away from that question. Give me a yes or no on it first, and then I'll let you say what you want to say. Let me give you this: Is that spiritual order God in Christ? Christ over man, 
I mean, Christ, God in Christ, Christ in man, man over woman, woman over children. See, because is that the spiritual order ordained by see, God? If if I say yes, you've already left out an important entity inside okay, of. Say yes or no first, no, and then on. clarify. Hold on, you've already left out a, an important entity within the God part, because What's it's that? not just God in Christ. It is a it's a tri entity. It's a Trinity. Involved. I understand all that, but just God, answer Father, that God, about the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. I know, but just answer that and, about the order of God. And first, then because of time. Because of time, is that your order, the spiritual order of God? Uh, if if uh, if we can change that Godhead part, then yes, that's the order. So of God. you want to take God out? out no, I want to. I want you to work on that. How God would you part. say it? How would you say it? You you said God in Christ, uh -huh. right? Right. And then you take God in Christ and put them in man, right? Right. Okay. In order to put God in Christ, you also have to include the Holy Spirit. In okay, there well, as well, I understand all that come with. Okay, it. so you you want to put that in there. But my thing about I'm trying to establish because I really want Black people to understand that the reason that they are suffering and the reason that men are having these problems is because they have been screwed up by their mothers and grandmothers, and it's because of that order. The same thing is happening in the churches. And so I have you here because you're the expert and you can help me get, you know, help me understand so I can get them to understand mm -hmm. that it's because of that order being screwed up. So uh, uh, once again, you agree with that order that yeah, I just. There is, that is an, an accurate order as long as you have that trinity. Okay, so that is an, And is it true that whenever that order is broken and now the woman is over man and over the children, everybody ends up screwed up? I can't say that. You can't, can't why not? That. I can't say that that's always true. For the true. most part. I mean, that happens. Yeah. In the, but look, in the same so token. So why do preachers, why are black preachers allowing these women to take over their churches and pretending that God is ordaining this? Now, you said black preachers allowing women to take over to their churches? To become heads of churches. And become, why are black preachers allowing? Oh, no, no. Well, first of all, within not just the black church, but the Christian church at large. Real fast, we got about how about one minute. Okay. Why do they allow, are they afraid of these women or what? No, there's no Why accountability. You can go start a church in a hotel right now with no permission from anybody. But you have preachers in big churches where their wives are taking over too. Why do they allow that? Uh, I, I can't say that the wife is taking over, but there is definite partnership in ministry. Why now. are they allowing that though? Why is it because they're afraid of the woman? Or no, what? partnership in ministry has it's come. It's not from God. Why partnership partnership and ministry has come to surface because uh, the preacher is trying to show the people that family can and can exist. But these women are saying that they're called by God and it's not true. You don't want them to be called by they're God? They're not called by God. God can't call a woman? God is not going to change his order. Yeah, but, he said that but his order that, has been laid in stones. But we're, you're talking about order or God calling a woman. Which one? It's, it's, it's not orderly for him to call women. Nowhere in the Bible where any of the disciples were women. We're going to have to pick up on okay. this. And uh, I really appreciate you tuning in. Let us hear from you. Let me know what you think about this or any other program. All right. Thank you so much. Welcome to the show. My name is Jesse Lee Peterson. Thank you so much for tuning in. Let me hear from you. If you'd like to be a guest on the show, you know someone that you would like to see on this show. Let me know about it. Uh, we're doing a two-part series here. And my guest is Pastor T. Dabbert. Derbert Robertson, and he's from the <laughs> Kingdom Builders Christian Fellowship out of South Central LA. Thank you for staying over. Hey, thank you. So if you, you saw him last week and we had on the same clothes, you just stayed all night, right? <laughs> you know, uh, we last time we talked about salvation. Yes. We talked about sin. Sin. Uh, you and I disagree. You think that it's okay. You can sin once you're born again. I say no. You know. 
uh, and we talked about women becoming preachers. I say that they you are not called no. by God, but they're called by the devil because God <laughs> would not call women to be over men. <laughs> God never, never put a woman over man in, a, in that type of form because it's not the order. The power is in the man, you know. The man is to protect his woman and his children. And whenever the woman is over the children, because she's so emotional and separated from God, it doesn't work. You disagree with that, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, you, we, we were talking on the last uh, show about the order being messed up, and you were right. saying how... God and Christ, yeah. Christ and man. And when that order is messed up, it automatically messes the child or the... Everything. Do you disagree with that? Well, we disagreed last time. Right. I told you, but when we talked about exceptions to the rule yeah. as well. Would you sit under a woman in a church who says that she's been called by God? What, as as, as a senior, your pastor? As my pastor? Yeah. Um, I never have. So Would you? I really have no opinion of it. And unless I tested it out, I, I can't say either way. Because, uh, you know. So I'm, you don't know now if you would sit under a woman. And plus the fact by being pastor, and I don't even, I don't even think about that, you, truthfully. You, um, if a man came to you and said, Pastor Robertson, uh, my, my pastor is weak. He has allowed his wife to become a pastor of the church. Mm -hmm. I don't want, I don't feel comfortable sitting under her, but I'm not sure. What would you say to them? Pray. To him? Pray. You would say pray? Yeah, pray. I would ask. tell him to get the hell out of that church. <laughs> Run. I would, well, I would say pray and ask yeah. God, where do you really, where you, should you really be? Because see, and the thing, everybody has their own personal opinion, especially when it comes to where you go to church and what you do when you go to church, you know. And so, therefore, if a woman pastor makes you uncomfortable, quite naturally, leave. But before you leave, make sure you're doing the right thing by God and not just doing it because of uh, whatever. And In the home, is the man the head of his woman, his wife? Is the man the head of his wife, yes. He the should man be. is the head. And what does that mean, well, to be the head of your wife? And, and being the head of the wife, it, it is a uh, term that means basically you're responsible for your home, your wife, and your children. And so therefore you're responsible for providing, for teaching, for nurturing, for ensuring that uh, life goes as smoothly as possible given whatever the resources you have to work with. What should a man do if he's married to a woman who has refused to obey that order? How should he deal with her? How should he deal with her? <laughs> he need to pray. He need to pray. Fast and pray. And that's about it? Uh, I mean, he needs to pray and then what will happen as a result of his prayer, then uh, God will definitely give him wisdom as to what as you know to what should be done next but if you fall into a situation uh, where you just can't get any type of agreeance in the house as it relates to Christian order then I would say the next step to, uh, would be to seek Christian counseling lots of black men are, are, are having sex out of wedlock they're living with women mm -hmm. they're cheating around what do you say to men like that should they be doing that of course not and why not uh, because uh, number one it's not just the act, but it's what the act breeds. When you brought up order. Great right. point there. Yeah. The act does not breed the order of God. And so marriage is honorable yes. in the sight of God. And uh, Why do they have sex out of wedlock? Why are so many young men having sex and oh, girls now? Well, why, 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 is it, why is this out of control right now? I mean, once this TV show goes off and they flip, you flip the channel to the next 
uh, uh, station, all you're going to see is sex. So they're doing it because they see it on TV? Uh, they are automatically, they are. It's, it's, this is a provocative society that we live in. What you see is what you become. They see it and it gets infiltrated in their spirit. Your hormones get out of control, so then you do what you see. So they don't have any self-control? A, a lot of folks just flat out don't. A lot of black boys and girls, but especially boys, are very angry. Um, where's that anger coming from? Uh, the anger uh, really comes from a lack of unfulfillment personally and seeing unfulfillment in their home as well. You, you when talk, you say unfulfillment, what is lacking well, in their fulfillment? Who doesn't want a successful father? So no father. You know, no, not just no father, but you could come from a home where you're in a, a home with an unsuccessful father. Yeah. Who doesn't want a successful mother? Who doesn't want to come from a successful home at whatever it is that you do? Yeah, I, I agree with you in that uh, they, they, they feel a sense of emptiness. First, because they don't have a father, and second, because of the anger of their mothers. Because a lot of women are angry, and they take it out on their children. <laughs> and, and, you know, because they can't get at the father, so they're impatient with the children, causing them to turn away from the father toward them, and it just seemed to create an addiction to women. Have you noticed that? Come one more. That anger that they feel toward their mothers and grandmothers causes them to become addicted to women. I don't know about a, a addicted to women necessarily, but I think that... Do you agree that you become like what you hate? Uh, not in all cases, but I think what more than anything, the, the anger that they display toward other women is a definite result of dysfunction in the home. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What do you think about black churches that passes out condoms in their church? Do you think that's a good thing, a righteous thing to do? Uh, I'm totally against it. You're totally against it? Totally against uh, it. I don't know if you heard of Reverend Murray from First AME Church. You ever heard of that church? Uh, yeah. I'm, You've heard of that? I'm of that. I don't know if they're doing it now, but at one point they were passing out condoms in the church. What would, what would you say to a pastor <laughs> or pastors who are doing that? Well, first of all, I don't know Dr. Murray personally, right. so I don't want to comment on his practices, but I can speak for the Kingdom Builders yeah. Church. And say that the, if we're to pass out, uh, <laughs> if we we pass out condoms, we might as well pass out uh, what's the gum you chew when you can't stop smoking? We might as well right. pass out that gum. Yeah. We might as well uh, pass out everything that would uh, prevent you or what man has made to prevent you from sinning. We may as well just go out and pass all of that out as and, well. And why is that? Because I mean that's that's provoking the wrath of God. Yeah. You know, and and we don't want to begin teaching our church. Well, I don't want to teach my members to provoke God's anger, and then because He's a good God and He's a forgiving God, expect Him to forgive you. Yeah. And, and doing something like that, you provoke God's anger and you confuse your people, and you then as a pastor, you're held accountable for that. Uh, do you believe that our battle is spiritual? It's a warfare between good and evil. Our, our battle is definitely spiritual. It's good yes. and evil. And do you think that some men and women are evil? Yeah, yeah, there are some people that are just flat out evil. And are you able to recognize the, uh, an evil person when you see them well, in action and stuff? I'm a pretty good judge of character. Okay, Jesse Jackson, good or evil? <laughs> <laughs> I like Jesse Jackson. He's a good guy. Jackson is a good guy. I like Jesse Jackson. Okay, so you say he is a good guy. Yeah, I like Jesse Jackson. Um, um, you know he calls himself a reverend, right? 
<laughs> Why you say he called himself a reverend? Because he does. Okay, he yeah, calls he, himself a reverend, right? He's a minister. Yeah. You know that he cheated on his wife, made a baby in that relationship. Uh, yeah. Right. Yeah. And that he went to the White House under the pretense of Counselor Bill Clinton, who had cheated on his wife. And I believe they gave each other a high five. <laughs> <laughs> Is that true or not? They, I don't know did, about the high five. But they did counsel with him. Uh, yeah, he did. Okay. In that. And you know that Jackson has used black people in order to fatten his own pocket under the head of the racism. Uh, okay. Uh, and okay. Are those good things? Those good. Th I mean, see, now uh, you if you take, you're going to take. One man. I named a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah, you are took those, a whole bunch of stuff. Are those good things? And now, I mean, it, that's teach his own. I like the guy personally. Now, I'm asking you, as, as a, a minister, person, are those, are good, those things good things to to damage other people? No, to do the things that Jackson have done. You're talking are about those in terms good of, things. I mean, that the acts are not good. No. Okay, so could a good man commit evil acts Very like easily. those? Very really. Easy. If you read the Bible, right? That is amazing. So you well, think that on. a you man who is married and have been called by God, guided by the Spirit of God, would carry on like that? Think about it like this in terms of this because we've been. So there's no difference been, between being saved and not been, being saved. But look at this. We've been integrating the Bible into everything, right? Yes. Everything we've been talking about this afternoon. Moses, good or, good or evil. Well, Moses is dead and gone. I'm but talking about no, this I'm guy talking that about, right now. I'm talking about, we're talking about but, the Bible that. Uh, Jesse Jackson been, has an advantage that Moses didn't have. Hold on. And that the Holy Spirit is available for us to but do we, good. But now we've right. been using the Bible as our standard of right. sin. So Moses, good or evil? I have no idea. You have no idea? No idea at all. Well, he, he made it in the What's Bible. What's your point? In, uh, in, in I'm going to show you how um, you have know, a good man. What I need you to do for me because of time, and I appreciate what you're doing, I need you to answer the question, is that are those acts the acts of a good man or an evil man? It, it, you, can't, you can't classify it like that. So how do you discern? Because if you go. How do you discern when you're dealing with an evil person or a good person? If you go down throughout the Bible, that's what I'm. That's well, what, my point. The Bible. That was my, my point is if the Bible is the standard by which we're judging, you have Moses, good man, murderer. Abraham, good man, liar. David, good man, adulterer. Even after adulterous. they were born again, they did Even, that? Read the Bible. No, after they were born again. Even after they, after they had encounters with God because salvation was not offered in the Old Testament until New Testament And see, times. that's what I'm trying to tell you. Unlike Moses and all those guys, but we, they we, did not we, have the power of God within we, them. We didn't even that, get down to the New Testament I know, but let yet. me say this to you. Um, um, unlike Moses and all those guys in the Bible, they did not have the... Uh, uh, Moses and those guys in the Bible did not have the power of God within them as we do today to cause us to do good. And so I'm asking, if uh, you're I, discerning I, Jackson I can, as being good I with all this stuff he's doing that's evil, I, I don't know. I can't necessarily. Okay, let's I move on because of that. Let me just, let me close on this one. Okay. Too. I can't differentiate Moses from Jackson because the Bible says Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. What did that have to do with Jesse Jackson? That has a whole lot, because the, the same God that Moses served is the same God that, Jesus, uh, so that uh, Jackson that, served. You're saying that even though Jesse Jackson say that he's a reverend, uh, he's going to still be che cheated on his wife, making a baby. He made a mistake. And that, 
cheating on, on your he wife made and not a mistake. A, it takes time to think about the woman. He made it. You got to go he there and get her heated up. Don't you have to heat her up? You tell you me. You don't just jump in bed, right? <laughs> you tell me, Jesse. <laughs> you got to find the location to get in bed with. Man, were right? you there? Right? <laughs> you, you got the details now. Having sex is not a mistake. I he made a mistake. Stomping your toe is a mistake. No, he made a mistake. What was a mistake? He made a mistake. He got in an mistake? illicit affair that he could not get out of. How was that a mistake? That was a mistake. You mean like... Now, first, remember... You mean like he didn't now, see it coming? And, and, and on the break, we were talking about, you don't know what's going on in the Jackson household that led to him making that mistake. That is amazing to me. You don't hey, know. Let me... After the break. After okay. The break. <laughs> All right, go ahead. We're going to take a break and come back in a moment. Back in a moment. Jesse Peterson is the founder of Bond, the Brotherhood Organization of a New Destiny. For information, write P.O. Box 35090, Los Angeles, California 90035, or call 1-800-411-BOND. Okay, we're back. Sorry about that. I'm looking down. Welcome back. Thank you so much for tuning in. Jesse Lee Peterson is here. Pastor, uh, Yo, we let's really have to move forward. Yeah. Um, political, Lee. Are you lean more to the Republicans or Democrats? No, nah, I don't do the political thing. Not uh, at all? You don't vote or anything? I vote, but uh, I mean, I just keep that a aspect private uh, because every time in dealing with the church, every time we try and advance the church, it, it aborts into a political movement. Yeah. So I keep the church uh, in the church perspective. I understand that. Um, should Christians be concerned about who they vote for and the way they vote? Oh, most definitely. Yeah, okay. But but what? I, I think in the same control because of the Bible coming into fulfillment and for fruition at a rapid rate as it is. And since we almost have no control, this thing is becoming uh, God's business solely as as we prepare for the second coming of Jesus. What's becoming God's business? The way that the world is progressing toward an end. I want to go back to the good and evil thing one okay, more let's time. Go. Uh, Louis Farrakhan, you, you know Louis <laughs> Farrakhan. <laughs> yeah, right? You've we, heard of him, Yeah, right? we know Louis Farrakhan. Uh, Louis Farrakhan, good or evil? Uh, good man. Good man. Good man. Louis Farrakhan called white people a blue-eyed devil. Uh -huh. Is that a good thing? <laughs> that's, a, that, that's a thing that stirs hate. So it's not a good thing. Not a good thing. Uh, Louis Farrakhan called Jews, black second Jews. Not a good thing. Not a good thing. Louis Farrakhan uh, support tyrants around the country that hates America. Good thing or evil thing? Sure about that? Yes. Yeah. Fidel no. Castro and all those folks. Okay, if he does, then not a good thing. So how do you call him good if his actions are evil? See, uh, the thing that I, I, I don't look at individuals and judge them you know so how do you discern when you're dealing with an even person well in dealing with an evil evil person it comes like this uh, let's take you just said Louis Farrakhan calling uh, people out of their name and yeah. out of their Blue race or whatever. Devils and black second Jews. I look at what is their experience with that person that's propagating them to make that type of allegation they have to have some type of encounter 
surely an evil person will just come up and say, you know what, uh, this person is a, a blood-sucking Jew, but they have no, absolutely no kind of uh, credence to make that judgment about that person. That's evil. But when a person has been offended or affected by a situation and they make an allegation, I can't necessarily say that's evil. Now, Do you I, think white, people's are, uh, white people are blue-eyed devils? Yeah, no, come on, man. <laughs> 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 Once again, <laughs> that's just <laughs> talking. No, no, I don't. I, I, I want to talk about <laughs> in the last few minutes that we have left okay. here. I want to talk about how we overcome. How can black boys and girls, men and women, overcome the destruction of the black community? One of the ways I honestly believe, Jesse, is the exposure to education. When you say education, you mean like high school education? Not just uh, I mean, high school. And stuff? I, inside of academic, because the, the more you learn, the more you're um, exposed to knowledge, and the more you know, the more you grow. And education has the ability to take you out of your environment. And a lot of our black children, African-American children, are destructive because of the environment that they feel as though they're stuck in. But if we can teach them or cause them to see that excelling in education can actually get them out of South Central and take them to the East Coast or what have you, uh, that there are, there's a whole different world outside of the world that they're used to. I believe that if we can restore the home, you know, we can get black men to overcome their anger, uh, take control of their own lives, stop listening to so-called black leadership, but take control of their own lives, mm. uh, get married before having children, guide their families, you know, wives and children in the right way to go, then things will start to change. And they won't have to leave South Central Los Angeles because they can stay there and rebuild, you know, start businesses and rebuild the city rather than bailing out. Well, Am I, I wrong about that? I mean, that's a great point. That's a great point. But I also believe that in education, if you can get some of our brothers and sisters educated prior to starting families, they have a greater advantage of uh, kind of being exposed to a different side of life as opposed to just uh, getting married, starting a family, going out there struggling, trying to make it happen and help rebuild a community. You, you know, rather than rebuilding, you become one of the, uh, the chiefs in tearing the community down. Why do black people, you know, I read a report once that 80 percent of black people go to church every Sunday, mm -hmm. you know, probably every day, but definitely every Sunday. Why are black people, not all but most, addicted to preachers and so-called black leaders? Why are they so addicted to them instead of being independent of them? Uh, well, I mean, that, that can transcend race, but it, since we're talking about the, the black church, once again, I think people, and, and addiction, I, I don't like that word per se, but I think fond of and and have uh, and are drawn to preachers and leaders and, and what why is that though it's because so people are looking for for icons of success but we they're don't get a screw by these preachers yeah and by these black uh, so -called i mean people. from time to time bad things do happen to good people but here's the other thing we don't have any more martin luther kings we don't need them why not because we can leave i can leave my own life i don't need a martin luther king even though i respect it, now, king a lot i don't need there's not one black preacher on earth or black politics or white preacher politics that I need to leave. I'm a man. I can see what's right and do it. I can get up and go to work. I can make my own now, decisions. If that I know who to vote for, who not to vote for. I don't need no black anybody telling me what to do. And I can't, and I hope you can help me to understand why are black people, especially black men, so addicted to someone else making their decisions? 
especially black men. Yes. Uh, now, because it's abnormal for men to be that way. That's why I said. Okay. Black now men. you said you know you don't need them, but if if the whole if society was filled with Jesse Peterson everywhere, then we would be a, a way better society. So why don't you we have, do that? You have some people that are now. I now once again. <laughs> I can't speak for every church. Right. I can only speak for uh, kingdom builders. Do you and, teach your people to become independent? I of teach you? my people, and you can you can stop by on a Sunday morning, forty nine oh one Southwestern, uh, nine thirty. We we have we have a teaching going on in our church right now called the Better Life, and it's in my bio. The Better. You also have a book too that you know. Yes, uh, people can get a yes, copy we can of. definitely get a copy of that. But the Better Life says simply this. It says the quality of my life is getting better. I don't need another chance. I only need God to give me a better chance. Now, how is that an independent teaching? It doesn't, that type of teaching does not cause me to have to become clingy to you Good. to be successful. Yes. It separates me and puts me in a category all on my own. Well, and, there, you, and there's a book I'm writing called Eight Principles to the Better Life. One of the principles is I will not continue to return regress and relax into the things that cause me to look like a fool. And so many times, no, who is saying that? Who's telling you, you can't regress, you can't go back, you can't relax now. You have to go straight ahead and you have to do it independently. And so you agree with me then that most of these, 99.99.999% of these black preachers and so-called black politicians are deliberately causing black people to be addicted to them so that they can use them for power and wealth. I, I mean, it happens, yes, yeah. it does happen. Why can't the people see that as this is happening to them? Why can't people see that? Well, I mean, everybody is not born a leader. And, and, and unfortunately, the leaders that are in place, some of the leaders are not good people, inwardly. We're back to the good and so evil. So how do they, you disagree with me earlier, I don't know if you disagree, we just didn't agree that you can judge people or discern people by their action, where they're coming from. You can All tell right. when they're, what they say and their action, if they're good people or not. How do the people recognize these uh, false black preachers and false black leaders? How do they avoid, how can they tell when they're deal, dealing with evil people? If you don't have a sense of discernment, if you, first of all, if you're not a baptized, born again, Holy Ghost filled believer, there is absolutely no way because one of the, uh, the chief components of being filled with the Holy Ghost is a spirit of discernment. Yes. Being able to, to make. But you don't discern Jesse Jackson as being an evil man. No, I don't, not by his actions. I don't know him personally. I've never been in a. What would he have to do? Shoot somebody or something? For you? <laughs> Even, let, let me tell you this. Because of. Why do you like him? What's good about him? I, I appreciate his charisma, very honestly. You appreciate I, what? I appreciate his charisma. <laughs> <laughs> He's so a charismatic leader. I, so you appreciate the fact that he is, he is, uh, he knows how to manipulate. <laughs> <laughs> That's Jesse's definition of charisma. No, I, I just appreciate the fact that he does have longevity. You can't take that away from him. He has been a... a but the devil has longevity. We not Remember, we weren't talking about Moses and the devil. That's in Bible times. I know, we, but we Jackson go. is the devil. Jackson ain't no He's devil, man. <laughs> <laughs> the devil is the devil, Jesse. <laughs> right, but he works through people. And so you say the devil is working through Jesse? Without a doubt. Without a doubt. There are some things I am sure of and others I'm not. 
But as far as Jesse Jackson, Louis Farrakhan, Al Sharpton, uh, uh, Caesar Murray, and all those folks, the devil worship through them. Okay, we agree. I have no to, doubt we agree to that. disagree. On I that. have no doubt. What would you like the people to know about your church and your ministry? Why would they want to come to your church? Well, first of all, uh, the Kingdom Builders Christian Fellowship is a church that uh, operates on extreme word, worship, and witness. We operate by the Word of God. Uh, we are there to worship God and God only. It's not about worshiping me. I'm not the head entity in charge. I'm the head of the church in terms of the structure and polity of the mm -hmm. church. But we're there to worship God in spirit and in truth. And then we are there producing witnesses one by one, people who are overcomers. We have people that have overcome drug addictions, uh, family issues. You name it, we have it. It's a church for everybody. Dress code is not enforced. It is a church where you can come and be yourself and freely receive the word of God without judgment, without uh, people trying to be in your business. That's not what we're about. We're about getting the word out to people. Do you rebuke and uh, repudiate people at your church? Not publicly, but we have privately, yes. Yeah, you counsel with them. And we counsel, yes. So if people need counseling or they're having marital issues and things like that, you deal with all that? Yeah, after they've become a member of our church and uh, we've had time to interact with them and what have you, yes, we, we can offer those services. You know, I really, we have a minute left and I really, really have enjoyed talking to you. I'm saying likewise. It, it has absolutely been fun. You, you have, um, I like the way you handle it. Most black preachers would be all mad right now. You know, <laughs> Not to get mad about it. I'm going to have to call my bodyguard to walk me to my car, <laughs> but you, you have dealt with it well and I appreciate that. And I, I hope people would check out your church and you have a book, Understanding Salvation. Please do. Uh, I hope can I give them the out. address again? Um, I, I, I think so. I got 10 No, seconds. you can't. You I can't, can't give it. No, you can't. But what they can do is call Jesse. Me. Yeah, my information is on the screen. There. Okay, cool. And they, we would give them your address, your phone number. And That'll work. Email, anything that you would like for us to give them so they can call us, all right? and get it. I appreciate you coming hey, thank on. Thank you. And I thank you for tuning in. If you agree or disagree with any of the um, um, issues that you hear or see on this show, I love to hear from you. Uh, our address is there. So thank you for tuning in. Tell people about the show. Oh, and I appreciate the letters and phone calls, emails that we're already getting. Some of them are hot, hot, mad. I appreciate those too. Thank you so much. Thank you again, buddy. Hey, thank you. Appreciate it. Appreciate it.